0: Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things.
1: We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC
0: superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yeah, another DC animated podcast, part of the forgotten entertainment family hello and welcome to recent activity your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film every show all at once I am your co-host Andrew Morgan with me as always is this podcast villain of the week Mr. Shane (laughs) Beauregard what's up how dare you sir (laughs) hey man I just call the spots where I see the spots, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh, geez. Good to see you, man. You know, obviously we're dipping back into the comic book realm. It's been, oh, what, Checks Watch, two weeks uh, since we talked about a comic book movie on this podcast. But it was a nice reprieve last week with our draft episode. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, A little house cleaning. I am very sorry to our (laughs) listeners that I screwed it up. Um, because I was called out on Twitter quite rightly, um, that, uh, I picked a movie from 1992 for our draft from 1993. Um, so, you know, that's on me. Gotta do it. It's on me. And I deserve to, uh, be relegated, you know, to last place or disqualified or whatever we're (laughs) calling it. Although they did, uh, call you out a little bit too, but more just for like, I think Shane had a stroke. Were you fine with that? yeah i was fine with that <laughs> 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 i was amped up i had a lot of energy that episode man
1: and i would have made the same mistake you um you made if you guys didn't correct me yeah as i was making that choice so i would have went down the same road you did sir
0: right you had the oscar snafu i had the i went off straight box office mojo to see like what made the money and I had a movie that came out uh, just a couple weeks before right. uh, the start of 1993, I I goofed and uh, picked a few good men like a dummy. So, <laughs> yep, so I deserve whatever I get from that. That's fine by me. But uh, like I said, this week we are back on our Marvel game, uh, this time the Sony version, as we talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the second movie of... At least a trilogy uh, that we will be talking about from producers Lord and Miller. And uh I, you know, I'm so impressed with a lot of things with this movie. We'll get into the details of, like, the quality of the movie itself in a sec. But I don't know. Like, the first movie only did, I believe, 35 mil. Or, yeah, 35 mil in its opening weekend when it first came out. So it was one of those, like... It started out slow. It ended up making 190 million domestic and 375 worldwide. The first movie, and it was one of those. It was a slow go, and people just you know it built up this reputation, uh, and then it ended up winning an Oscar on top of it. So it's like it it was literally to me. I don't know about you, but it's basically the staple. It's like the pinnacle of animation that I've seen in the last few years. Like since the Pixar era where we were like, oh my God, look at Toy Story and look at all these movies. And you're like, that's amazing. I've never seen computer generated ones. And now this one kind of throwing it back to an older style, but kind of mixing things up. And it's almost this blend that I've never seen before. And that blew me out of the water when Into the Spider-Verse came out. And now this movie comes out and it took yet another leap. Like, it got, this movie got delayed by a couple of years, and it, it feels like they just meticulously made this the best animation I've ever seen. Do you agree with that assessment? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get into the weeds, like,
1: it's like you said, I think the first one, word of mouth, got it to where it was eventually. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the year, I had that down as my second favorite movie of the year because it was so different. The storytelling was so good. The writing was excellent. The voice work was phenomenal. And it was a style of animation that I just wasn't used to seeing. Right. And this, like you said, to me, topped it. It yeah. topped it. Yeah. It was spectacular. The way they they strung this together blew my mind in some scenes with yeah. the way they blended some of the characters in with all the spider man And we'll, we'll get into it. But like, yeah, animation better than the first one.
0: Yeah. And I will be fully open about it I didn't see the first one in theaters this was one of those ones where like everyone told me how great it is but like slowly but surely I never got to go to the theaters to see it so I think I'm not alone number one I think that people's reaction to going to this one and seeing it on the big screen and getting a better version of what you saw from the animation in the first I think is really what's driving people going absolutely insane over this movie do you think that's about right to like you saw it in the theater or you saw the first one uh i the saw the first one in the theater absolutely okay. saw it in
1: the theater it blew me away because again it was nothing like i've seen before and this one just it, the, the experience was so different because the movie theater was just packed it was packed yeah this is the first movie I actually pre purchased my tickets for. Yep. Probably in like two years. Cause I kept looking at the movie times. And when I looked, there'd be less seats available. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta yeah. like pre-buy these tickets. Yeah. Uh so yeah, the hype around it was more people were into it. It just had a different feel to it. So Sony and I, I think I told you told you guys at the beginning of the year, this was one of the Marvel movies I was looking forward most to outside of the MCU. Uh, including the MCU. This was like the movie I was looking forward to. Sure. And it it did not disappoint. What's this is the best Marvel movie that's been out since Endgame and Infinity War. Hands down.
0: Yeah, nerds like us gotta be stoked between the fact that Guardians Three was, you know, definitely one of the better MCU movies of recent note, and then we get this movie on top of it. Um, but like I said, people are gobbling this up. You're right, it was busy all weekend and This is the combination of excellent, excellent critical scores on top of just destroying the box office. So, first of all, the scores, Rotten Tomato wise 95 uh, on the critical side, 96 on the audience side, 9.1 IMDB. That is probably the highest I've seen in quite some time, uh, 86 Metascore, and a 4.7 on Letterboxd. That is insanely high. If you're in the fours, you already are in some kind of like elite status. Above 4.5, I don't know when the last time I saw that if I've ever seen that. Because I think when we talked John Wick 4, I think that maybe had like a 4.2 or something. Right. And that was obviously getting very glowing reviews. This is just destroying that. So, I we'll we'll talk about it. But there's very few animated movies that have ever crossed over to being a up for best picture. And I don't think any of them even thought they had a chance at best picture. I would think, but this one, you know, I, I don't know what this year is going to shake out, but man, the, the critical scores you can't beat any, any, you can't get higher than this. You know what I mean? Like, I think it has better scores than the early returns on Killers of the Flower Moon coming out of canon. That's fucking Scorsese in a home (laughs) run, you know, with Leo and stuff. So, that's insane. But this movie also made a truckload of money considering where it came from. Like I said, the first one, total, uh, made 190 domestic and 375 total. This one currently is 120.6 for the domestic weekend and 208.6 million total so it's well on its way to destroying the totals of the first one and with such a strong opening it beat let's see guardians 3 did 118 domestic and this did 120 so it beat guardians 3 if you told me that was going to happen i'd be like you're out of your mind and of course it beat (laughs) ant-man 3 at 106 you know it's it's challenging some of the older MCU numbers, like the pre-COVID stuff, like um, you know, uh, Wakanda Forever did 181, uh, Love and Thunder did 144, Doctor Strange did 187. So it's not quite there, but the fact that it even beat Guardians 3 and Ant-Man is a wow factor for me. Does that surprise you? I'm not surprised it beat
1: Ant-Man, um, but I am surprised it took out Guardians 3. Just on how strong the first two movies were, depending on how you feel about the second Guardians, but just based on the franchise alone, I thought Guardians would outdo this one just a little bit. Right. But I'm not. I'm not shocked. Like I'm not surprised. Uh, again, this one is just based off of the fact that the first one built so much momentum, and it's been five years since the first one, and right. which I couldn't believe when I looked it back up. Yeah, it was 2018. Like, I thought it was maybe three years ago. Yeah. So I think the hype and the momentum from the first one, I'm not shocked, but um, I'm a little surprised.
0: Yeah, I love the fact that, you know, it's it's always sucks when something gets delayed. Like I said, this movie was a couple years delayed. But now we get the back-to-back years of this franchise and for how good these movies have been. You know, for the fact that the next one's scheduled in 2024, I was like, pumped, pumped that that's the case. Um, Just to catch everyone up, the plot on this one, of course, it's the sequel, like you mentioned, years after, uh so actually, so where are they in the movie time? That's what I was forgetting. So, like, how much time has passed between the first, it said... They said it in the movie, and now I forget, but they're obviously still quite young and in school and all that. I think it's only been a couple of years in that. Yeah, um, I forget like exactly what they said, something.
1: but I want to say it was like a year or two.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so this is continuing the, the universe of Miles Morales. As Spider-Man returning for the next chapter of this Oscar-winning Spider-Verse saga, an epic adventure that will transport Brooklyn's full-time, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man across the multiverse to join forces with Gwen Stacy once again, and a new team of spider people to face off with a villain more powerful than anything they have ever encountered. Of course, bringing back the voice work of Shameik Moore as Miles Morales, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy, Brian Tyree Henry... Luna, Lauren Vales as uh, his parents, Jake Johnson, of course, as Peter Parker, and adding in some new voices in Jason Schwartzman, Oscar Isaac, Issa Rae, Daniel Kaluuya, Rachel Dratch, Andy Samberg, and I'm probably leaving out a half a dozen names of people you would recognize. This is, of course, co-written and produced by Lorda Miller, Phil Lord, and Christopher Miller, who you obviously know from the first movie of these, but also, uh, from other films that have that kind of frenetic pace that I love so much in the first two Lego movies or the Mitchells versus the machines. And then if you go into their live action period of the to 21 jump street movies as well. So these guys know how to make a movie. Um, obviously they didn't direct this, um, but they, the, Interesting thing, I'm, I don't know if you noticed this, Shane, even though they're carrying over a lot of the writing duties and the creative team behind the scenes, maybe, they're different directors from the first movie to the second movie. And not only that, it's a three-headed monster that created these things in a direction sense, including the guy who wrote Disney Pixar's Soul is one of them. Oh, okay. So, so it's an interesting dynamic where it feels like they had one director for each type of thing that they specialize in, where like one's got the animation background, one's got the the more writer and character design stuff and and another person centralized on the plot carryover. So it's very interesting how they set that up. And I think, you know, maybe more animated movies should do that because, you know it seems like I've seen a lot more animated teams lately of making these animated films instead of like a one voice thing. Like you see sometimes with Pixar and, and some of the Disney films. So it's interesting. I I rarely see it, but I'm all about it. So we can kind of get into the, the nuts and bolts of this now, because we've already kind of, you know, complimented um, the animation style and some of the other things. What did you love about the first movie that like built up the hype for this one in your brain?
1: Oh, man. Again, the writing was on cue. It was a great storyline. I like the Ma- Miles Morales character. I didn't know much about him because I don't didn't collect the Spider-Man back in the day when he was in it. Sure. Which I know caused a lot of controversy when that character came out because right. that's is who we are as a society. Sure. But I thought between the animation, the, the music, the soundtrack in the first one was on point, which I'll get to that in the second one it it just hit it hit a sweet note and it was just a solid movie. I don't care if it's animated or not. And I would tell everyone that would listen cuz they would say, "Oh, it was a cartoon." I'm like, "Okay, if you're going to think it was a cartoon, I can't help you.
0: Yeah. No. Go see
1: this. Go <laughs> see this movie. It's yeah. a solid it's just a solid movie, man. And Sony to me just came out of the blue and just Pixar should be taking notes to be honest with you because Pixar has been dropping the ball for the last several years. Yeah. And Sony has a gold mine right now with this formula and I hope they just keep going with it, man.
0: Yeah. I think generationally this movie hits a lot more notes for the people who are watching it. I think that's part of its charm is that, you know, between the music, how it's set, the big city living, the, how they dress and the high school setting. And it's, it feels like we're going in the right direction with, you know, It's not Peter Parker, obviously, like you said. It is Miles Morales. I do love the fact that we've come so far as a society that, yes, when it first happened, people, like, lost their shit. Then, you know, have a good movie come out and a good story, and people are like, oh, I could get with this. And then the next one, it's, like, one of the biggest movies of the year. You know, it's already top ten domestically, and it just came out. Like, it's kicking Fast X ass and like all these other horror movies that can like that we thought were big successes beat them in a weekend. So it's insane how quickly people are responding to this, and so positively, obviously critically as well. Um, but yeah, I just love the characters. I love the because wh- part of the the charm of Spider-Man in general, even the Peter Parker versions that we've seen, is that home life, and then that mm-hmm. reluctant you know kind of superhero thing, and and the coming of age that goes along with it. And I think this speaks to that a lot better than a lot of the live action versions that we've seen over the years. And the fact that they carry it over for a second movie with that same style, those same that same character beats, but showing some growth um, or at least showing the the complications of the superhero stuff that we like so much. And But it didn't like beat you over the head with the villain stuff or how it evolves like that we've seen in a lot of the MCU movies it's really just watching him learn as he goes along and also having a love interest of sorts and having you know uh lear- learning how to be have friends and I because I, you could see like his sidekick person in this one wasn't really a lot you know it was right. getting back into the the multiverse thing and that's the other part too multiversal storytelling is hard just ask everyone in the MCU right now and we're just dying post snap you know for the most part with all these things and yet these movies i feel do it so seamlessly and do it with a lot of charm and fun and you know it's hilarious these movies too there's a lot of comedy in this in this stuff You know, Spider Pig was a big thing. I geeked out this one with, you know, Spider Rex or whatever you want to call them, and Spider Cat and all these other things. Like, that whole world was amazing. Their world building is so unique, but I think that's partially because the animation, the matting, the way they do it between, like, the kind of glitchy background to it, but also almost looking like an oil painting and then having it pop out. With the the shading and everything, how they do to kind of juxtapose it to the background, uh, very much getting the comic book vibe more than anybody else has. Um, and it's so weird. I I, I told you this uh, off air. My kids have just started watching Justice League Unlimited, and I'm watching some of these like you know TV versions of of comic book tales and stuff like that, and it still feels almost like. It's still in that 90s, 2000s style that I grew up with where it's, you know, it's a certain look like we all loved Batman, the animated series and never stopped, which I'm, I'm fine with. But I love that this thing could do something different, create a whole new type of universe, be so unique and yet still an ama- have an amazing story to tell as well.
1: Yeah, right. And uh, I'm piggybacking off what you said, but like um, the way they handle the multiverse I'm like, hello, like, yeah. take notes from this series. Like, yeah. it's not confusing everything. They do it like seamlessly in this movie where it's like you're you don't have to like look back and think back like what? Like, this doesn't make sense. And it's like they handle it perfectly. Yeah. What I loved about this movie as well is it felt like a Gwen Stacy movie as much as it did a Miles Morales movie. Yeah. Uh, which I really loved. It gave you more of her background, her, her father, uh, voiced by Shay. Uh, Willingham, w- Wiggumham, Wiggum, or something like Shea that. Shea Wiggum. Yeah, Wiggum. Yeah, 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 Yeah. I loved her story. And I like you said, it, it's the, the villain's spot was secondary. Like, he's almost like just a vehicle to kind of move this movie forward. But I didn't – like, he wasn't needed, really, because this is, right. a, like you said, a coming-of-age story about Miles missing his friends, still trying to find his place in life or high school, missing out from what happened in the first movie and reconnect with Gwen. It, it just it had heart. I love the way his parents are portrayed in this series. And like you said, I was dying with the whole cat,
0: <laughs> the <laughs>
1: T-Rex. Yep. And again, the animation style, because you had that 70s style Spider-Man who, like, stood out, like, animation-wise. Yeah. It, it was great. It, this movie had everything you wanted in a, in a superhero movie or a yeah. movie period.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, Spider-Punk and adding all these characters that, like, were mission critical. I thought the... I, I for- I didn't write it down but what is the it's like the Mumbai version or whatever the the Indian yes. one that they pop into. I thought that was so well done too. Oh, like all these extra character. characters they just keep piling it on and I love it.
1: Yeah. Also voiced by uh the taxi driver from Deadpool. Yes. That yep. was his, mm-hmm. yeah, that was yep. his voice. But I, you're right. I forgot about that character cuz I was so into this movie, I'll be honest, uh audience, I didn't take a ton of notes cuz I was just blown away by what i was seeing but no i love that whole character and how it was tied into the plot so nicely with him messing up the i forgot what they called it the critical points or whatever they were saying yeah uh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it it, it was and i loved that character i thought it was a cool version of spider-man
0: yeah i love that like honestly you know i'm i'm a geek to the end and I'm a person who has Funko Pops and whatever, but and I never do, uh had any of the Spider Man ones. I thought about buying for my son because my son is uh a big Spider-Man fan. And uh I want to buy all of them. I want to just have the right. whole line. I want Spider Ham. I want Spider Rex I want uh Sp- you know Spider Punk. I want all those. I'm just a, a you know a child on the inside just enjoying every minute of it and it's great that you know not to spoil anything early but to see these characters are all seemingly going to kind of carry over and become uh something even more evolved as the story progresses to the next film um which i knew this was going to be a cliffhanger that's your thing too where this this movie has a lot of shades of empire strikes back and you know obviously learning maybe a little bit from infinity war and things like that too where this is definitely for being a middle movie it's incredible and it's going to be really hard to top if you're going forward but i liked where they ended the movie i think you couldn't do it any other way and it feels again very empire where it's like the oh shit moment and then now we move on to the next one so right and this is how much this is how much of a
1: dumb dumb i am um because i didn't read anything about this movie i just came in fresh so when it ended, I was like, what the, what? <laughs> like, I didn't know there was going to be a sequel to it. I really didn't. Yeah. I just thought this was going to be a second movie. Maybe we get a third movie. But the way they ended it, like you said, it was perfect. But because I didn't read anything going in or I stayed away from the internet, I didn't know this was going to be split into two movies. So when it ended, I literally say, what the F? Which right. Probably wasn't appropriate next to my kids, but like... <laughs> How did Yo. they
0: feel by the way, because I am actually interested in that I went and saw this on a Sunday night so I didn't have a ton of kids uh in the theater, but I will tell you any anyone from like teenage age to you know college kids a lot of that generation who watched this at a prime time definitely hung in for the second movie and came out in droves
1: yeah, yeah my kids loved it, especially my daughter who's a little older than my son so she kind of gets conceptually like plots and all that kind of stuff a little more than my son does yeah. Uh, who just likes the spider-man character which is fine sure but she really dug it and we were in a theater with a bunch of younger kids or a younger audience as you said college high school and i think a lot of them didn't know that they were going to just leave us with that cliffhanger so like the movie everyone's like audibly like gasped yeah. like they're like, <laughs> yeah. what so we all sat there in disbelief like really it's over now and we just wanted right. so much more you know what i mean it was a great feeling to be in the theater. This yeah. is why people need to go to the movie theater, please, yes. and watch movies like this.
0: Well, honestly, man, between the totals of this, you know, the encouraging continuation of Guardians numbers, Guardian 3's numbers, um even seeing something like The Boogeyman for for in a weekend where Spider-Man was so dominant that it still did I think maybe 15-20 mil In a weekend, at least domestically, so that's not so bad. Um, So it didn't get eclipsed. Um, The only movie that's obviously struggling a little bit is Little Mermaid's doing well U.S. wise, but it's not doing well overseas. And so overall, it looks like not a bomb, but definitely a disappointment for Disney. Um, But other than that, man, the domestic box office here is kicking ass. Like there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I guess I can't go to this show because it's mostly sold out. So, you know, it's not back in the day when I worked at a movie theater and like they had 700 seat theaters or whatever, where it's like, yeah, nobody's going to fill those these days. But the ones that have like a hundred and they have multiple showings, they're all filled up. So if it was just one big giant movie theater like we used to have, um, you know, and maybe it would look full and maybe the audience reaction stuff. I don't know. I miss those days where you're seeing a movie. Or having some experience, you know, almost like a concert, you know, where it's hundreds of people you're around and just seeing the moments really go uptick, you know.
1: Right, and here's what I also like: the, the 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 cameos or Easter eggs when they were, um, oh yeah, going through the different universes, and you saw the live action Andrew Garfield, you saw the Tobey Maguire, uh, the the Donald, the Donald Glover, Glover one
0: is just great. They they knew and- exactly what they're doing. It's so good, yeah.
1: It, to include that, because Sony obviously owns the rights to those movies, to include that into this whole Spider-Verse, I thought was brilliant and a nice, like, geeky moment for me. I was like, oh, my God, there we are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was cool.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact that we're following into that universe with the same, like, we're following Miles in the same way we're doing it from the audience POV, where it's like the holy shit factor. Of like, wow, this thing actually exists. Look at all this. And we're getting that kind of, you know, innocent, childlike, oh my God, for the first time moment with the main character and us at the same time. And I just had a lot of fun with it. And like I told you, like, I geeked out with all those characters. And, you know, they didn't even have to bring back the home runs. They didn't bring back Spider-Ham to to start cracking jokes and doing whatever with John Mulaney's voice and, and all that. Like, yeah, you get Peter back. In tow, but, you know, yep. and obviously Gwen, but they didn't really kind of have a lot of moments for the other people who used to be there. Uh, there's a few, no, but, Yeah, you, know. you had um Spider Noir popped up at the very end. I think he's part end, of that yeah. team at the very end. Well, yeah, all the people t- are back, but, like, as far as, like, speaking parts, I think it's yeah, literally just... Who's uh, the girl in the robot? I don't know what they. I forgot what they called her character. The one where she's like inside, almost like a oh like a the mecha suit. Rim. Yeah, suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think she got a speaking part at one point when they were almost doing like an intervention <laughs> to, to yeah. Miles at one point. <laughs> Which, by the way, for how you know kind of dark and dramatic it does get, especially towards the end, I think it handles the tone shift quite well. I think because it just moves so fast and even when it slows down it does there's always either something going on in the background or it doesn't linger too long but they really know how to get up and down between these super fast paced chase scenes uh, which by the way the chase scene inside the Biter-Verse that they were in that oh, little like phenomenal. secret group or whatever epic epic stuff and especially to see it on in the big screen i'm so excited uh that these movies get that because i think one of the most impressive things for me is that i was trying to think of this like superhero like marvel dc stuff say specifically what was the last time you saw that wasn't a spider-verse movie what was the last time one of these was in the theaters that you saw I can't really even recall because most of these I watch on a streaming service or I rented the DVD because it only came straight to video.
1: Right. Same. I can't think of. I can't think of that in my head either.
0: Because I watch like you know like Batman Year One when they did that or when they did the Killing Joke and some of these Batman ones and a lot of them went straight to either <laughs> HBO Max or I caught them on, you know.
1: You want to so, know the last one I think I saw in a movie was Batman the Phantom Menace. What? You mean
0: Mask of the Phantasm?
1: Yeah. Sorry. Mask of the fan Yeah. Oh, my God. Star Wars. Jesus <laughs> Christmas.
0: And you're not even that big a Star Wars guy. That's hilarious. I'm not. I, I had that in my brain. But yeah. yeah, That's yeah. The,
1: probably the last animated DC Marvel movie I saw in the theater. That was, yeah, the Batman movie. When was that? Yeah. When we were in high school. It was like
0: 90... Yeah. Yeah, Four, maybe when 93? you were in high school. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't even in high school. Yeah, I was still in middle school. Right. So, yeah, that's why I didn't see that one in the theater. But you know, they they didn't really used to do that. You know, with any of these DC and and Marvel animated features. That's why this thing is such a unicorn. It's not only the most impressive <clears throat> animation I've seen in a long time, but it's also a type of movie that never got theatrical releases that much even though we're in the realm of like you couldn't get any higher on comic book properties instead of course now the lesson that the studios learned isn't oh my god look these animated things actually worked combine that with how well mario brothers did and some of these other animated projects right instead they go oh no don't worry everybody there's a live action miles morales one we're working on and it's like Man, you don't fucking get it. <laughs> you just don't get it. You just don't get it at all. So uh, that's why I'm so impressed by this. It's just, it's, it's, it's tonally amazing story wise. The characters are so unique and fun. They keep adding more of them. It's uh, kind of like how we said with John Wick, where it was like they kept adding characters and you're already just in. And I don't know yeah. what does that. But I don't know if it's just the character design or the fact that they do take their time and give full scenes that really work with some of these new characters. But it is in that John Wick vein where I was like instantly just like, I would die for that guy. And he just got on screen. <laughs> yeah. No. And did
1: you catch the, the, um, the Venom Easter egg? I don't think I did. The uh it was a live action cut. It was the Asian lady who worked in the convenience store. That's oh, the same convenience right, store and right, Asian lady right. who was in Venom. Right. I thought that was a sneaky, nice little It was shot to put in there. A lot I I guarantee you most people that went over their head and they missed that.
0: Sure. Yeah, I I didn't remember that lady. Um, so that's a good call. That's a good call. And I, again, I saw so many people waiting, by the way, at the end. I'm like, there is no post-credit scene. This is not that type of, this is not the MCU. We're not, they yeah, might know. have well, enough. Well, MCU ruined the us. They, they ruined us for it. You know, we all sit there for 30 minutes after the movie, just waiting for something. <laughs> I know. And then it happened with every franchise, you know. Like people will stick around for Fast and the Furious. They don't even know. Like, do we stay here for that one too? Like, we're just so (laughs) accustomed to it now that it doesn't work out. But yeah, is there any final thoughts? I mean, like, uh, what do you want to get spoilery? Is there anything that's on your brain that you're kind of like, I want to give up the ghost on? Do you want to talk about, do you want to like give the spoiler alert and then kind of go talk about where this is going to go to the next movie? Yeah, we can if you want. <clears throat> or do you want to put grades on it first and just kind of rip that bandaid off and then get in the spoilers?
1: Ooh, okay. Uh, ooh,
0: okay. Uh, let's put grades on it first.
1: Okay. I love grades.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know you do. I know. And here, we, how many, we've done this a couple of times where a movie comes along and we go, shit, is this the best thing I've seen this year? Because we did that where it's like John Wick. It was like, bam. All right. That's our, that's our guy. We got it. And then, like, a few weeks go by or a month or whatever goes by, and we're like, I don't know. The Covenant was pretty good. Is it that good, though? And then we kind of gave that look, right? And then this movie comes along, and you're like, ah, oh, shit. Like, it, where where does it lie? Is it somewhere in between? Is it beating them all? So, I'm curious. You go first, because I'm, I'm a little scared to say what I'm – I i do not even know. I think I'm still debating. Okay, so
1: – Here's my thought process on this. And it's like you said, if we would have done our top five movies next week, this would be in in, in both our top fives. Easily. 100%. 100%. percent.
0: sadly for me, because I knocked out yet another animated movie that was in my five. <laughs> so, uh, happy trails to the magician's elephant. <laughs> right. So, based on what I gave The
1: Covenant and John Wick, or my only two five-star movies this year... I, I I'm giving this a five star review. Like, I know. I, I don't find a flaw. I really don't find a flaw in this movie. And I know it's two hours and 15 minutes, and so, but it flew, it flew by. That's not a flaw for me. So based, on what I want to give the covenant and John wick. I gotta go five, man. I can't, I can't get, I thought 4.5 initially, but if I'm giving those movies a five, I love this movie, like love this movie. So yeah. I'm giving it a five as well.
0: Yeah, it's a movie that has repeat factor, and I want to go see it again. Like I wanted to almost go see it. You know, I didn't have that John Wick thing a little bit where I was like, "Let's go, let's do it again right now," because I think I just was tired. To be quite honest, that was on me. <laughs> but this movie, it's 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 so impressive. It's it's the only word I could really kind of come up with it it's like i said it's such a unicorn even compared to it's uh it's you know the the movie before it in the series um i have no problem saying this is a five star movie my problem is does it beat john wick for me and that's where i struggle and i uh i i because I don't need to answer that question, I would say it's a tie right now, and I'm going to have to kind of do some repeat viewing before the end of the year if nothing comes along and just, you know, beats that up. But honestly, they have a, a decent amount in common, and I would say the only knock on this, and you said to the contrary, I did feel the the time a little bit. Okay. Now, even again, the, you won't think about it, Uh, Because, again, it doesn't slow down enough to make you even collect yourself. So either I was, like, fatigued because it is so frenetic or, like, something to where around the two-hour mark, a little bit maybe late in the first, you know, late in the second act or as we were just starting to close, I started to kind of go, ooh, how much time is left? So... (laughs) And again, I know this is John, where John Wick was almost, what, 20, 30 minutes longer than this movie or more? Yep. So that's that's crazy to think about, but I didn't really do that with John Wick 4 at all. So I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, But again, I have no problem saying these are those are both five-star movies to me. I had a hell of a time. I think they're impressive in a lot of different ways, and for the fact that that these are sequels and they're just outpacing the previous movies is just unreal. And I can't wait for the next one. Oh, me either. And
1: I, my, you know, when you see a sequel, your first thought after you see is like, well, was it better than the first one? I can't say it was like, I can argue both sides of the fence. I really can. Like I like them equally as much. I will say I did enjoy the soundtrack in the first one more than I liked the soundtrack in this one if that's a negative at all
0: yeah i mean they're Um, close i I dig the vibes but again because they had to do a lot of dramatic storytelling outside of the 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 fast-paced stuff like the chase scenes and whatnot i think you're maybe right that the chase scene music maybe was a little better in the first one but i'm not hating mm -hmm. on the music in this one at all
1: no i'm nitpicking and like you said like like i said um if you said, "Hey, man, I like the first one a little more," I'm like, "Okay, I, I totally get it." And If you said, "Hey, I like this one," I'm like, "I totally get it." Right. So, like, I, I like them equally. It's a, a sequel that is on par with the first one, which is very hard to pull off these days.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I liked the Doc Ock thing from the first one, but I thought that it was, it wasn't like a top tier villain thing. And this right. one, I think they, you know, they kind of like I said, it was a villain of the week until it wasn't. I thought the the spot thing was just more interesting. I think because of what it opened up for all the other Spider-Man, that kind of elite squad that they had, and I don't know. I thought that did a lot more for me than the first movie, and I probably I probably gave the first movie at least four and a half stars. That's why I'm saying I am fully comfortable with giving this five stars and like i said it's going to give rewatch value it has all the elements of things that i'm like yes please more of that so right like i said god i fucking just love john wick four so much though so that's what that's where i'm at so that's that's the real debate i think the covenant the more i get away from that i think it is just a notch below these with no shade i mean it's still a really good movie but I think the, those two are going to be the ones at the end of the year where I'm like, it's going to be really hard to top these movies. And I said that about John Wick, and then here we are having the debate, right? So maybe yeah. this year is going to be a little better than I hope, but we've had some long stretches though, uh, Ugh, to where too long. it's, yeah, it's, it's some rough spots to where we're like, so more TV talk on this week or <laughs> what are we going to do? Um, yeah, you know, so that's that's how uh, things like movie draft ideas come about. Which uh, apparently you guys dig. So thank you guys for listening to it. Um, we'll hopefully do more in the future. We'll get John back on, or you know, add maybe another person in to make it even harder on us. Our our choices even even tougher. So that would be cool. So now that we're kind of like past the the scoring and everything else. We're gonna get into maybe a little more detail about the the plot to where you know it might get a little spoilery, and let's just let's just do it, man. This movie ends, like I said, on a very complicated, unique, definitely um, intriguing note, where the multiversal thing. I love that they got to got in the Spider Man thing where they were like doing this all the Spider Man pointing at each other thing. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. They got to bring that back. It's classic, and then. We literally almost do that at the end where it's like it comes full circle to like, okay, the spot was the bad guy. But now we're going to get this in between to where it gets meta and seeing like how my life would have been different if X happened versus Y. And I love the fact that we're getting back into the Prowler uh, thing from part one and then seeing it in a different light with this one. And especially because... There's a lot of talk of death throughout the whole thing and kind of seeing the, the fork in the road or how things can change if, you know, these small things happen. And a lot of it focuses on the fathers and fathers turning captains and kind of, you know, what has happened with the, the Spider-Men in all different multiverses and how those core critical things that you mentioned uh, didn't happen in this particular one and how that shrapnel and how these things can go. It's not just for Loki, everybody. We could do this in better <laughs> ways or, or more fun ways uh, with this story. And now we're seeing miles versus miles or at least a confrontation of sorts. Do you think that's going to be a big part of the next movie? Or do you think we're going to get right back on the train of how do we fix this and, and getting back with the spot and all the other things?
1: I think we're going to, not that they're going to gloss over it, but I think we'll, I don't think they're going to dwell on that as much as you said. I think they're going to get on to how they fix it right, and how he gets back and the whole Spot character, which I'm glad you brought up that point because Spot as a villain to me was... I don't want to say he's lame because he was... Needed for the Spider Force, like you brought up, which I right. thought was freaking cool. They had this elite oh, yeah. group of yeah. The Oscar Isaac per- man,
0: oh my god,
1: was so great. And yeah. you could say he was like the villain of the movie, pretty much, depending he is on the what times, viewpoint for you sure. take. Yeah, yeah. no matter what viewpoint you take, I, I really like that character in this movie. So, uh, I, I honestly, they can go a lot of ways for this for the, I guess the the third one. Uh, But I don't think they're going to dwell on the whole Miles versus Miles thing. I think they'll move on pretty quickly from that. But I do like the flip with the Prowler uh, that we see in this, in in the uncle and, you know, the consequences of his father. And this was Earth 42. So, you know, and the whole Gwen um, uh, re-getting back with her father, I thought was a nice touch. Right, and again, I love the Gwen storyline in this movie because I felt like it was a Gwen movie as much as it was a Miles movie, in a lot of ways. Yeah, which uh, I really dug, and I like that the relationship the two have. So, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know where they're gonna go. I don't think they'll disappoint me no matter what they do. To be honest with you, it'd be hard for them to drop this on the third movie.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad that you dig the the Gwen storyline stuff because I did too, and it's honestly. It's one of those things that I can hear like almost uh in a in a different multiverse version of ourselves, where if this movie doesn't work, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you know, they kind of, you know, made Miles in the background for half of it. Like, isn't this his movie? Like, people complaining about that. And I don't think that's what this franchise is for how much it's Miles Morales and he's the title character and everything. But I think the fact that You know, it's such a great ensemble and we're seeing that it's about themes more than character Mm -hmm. all the time that you can have multiple characters, multiple spider people that are having the same type of problems and understand each other. And it's showing, you know, once you find your people, the power of people and everything else on top of the fact that we're seeing a lot of the power of parents and the power of, you know, parents uh, engaging with their kids lives and. And all that stuff, and as uh, parents ourselves, I'm sure you you vibe with how his parents kind of do the, the parenting in their world and kind of seeing what happens when, you know, the father's absent in the other world. So I think uh, that's impressive storytelling, and I I definitely got it as, you know, I get all, all the quadrants, right? I get to have my nerd quadrant over here, my dad quadrant over here, and, you know, uh, it just it does everything then the geekiness of now I want toys. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. You're not going to get any uh, uh,
1: negative feedback from me on that. I agree with everything you said. It uh, It just had everything in this movie. And they did everything right. Everything right in this movie. So, yeah. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm glad they have a quick turnaround, so I don't want to wait three more years. I want this one next week.
0: I want the sequel next week. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. Let's... I'm pumped. I, <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't see if they locked in a date or anything, but the fact that, yeah, even if it's a year from now, so pumped for that, and I think yeah. they know it, and now they will they don't even have to market it. It's just like everybody's just going to come right back to the theater. I just wonder how many times I might see this movie because... To, you said your kids, and your kids are. I think your youngest is the same age as my oldest, right? So nine, yeah, my youngest yeah, is nine. yeah, yeah. So my daughter will be nine in the fall. So it's it's uh, it's a tough age where I'm like, I don't know if my six year old is gonna be able to get through two hours and twenty minutes, um, let alone just you know the the content that goes on. So I'm right. a little on the fence with that age level, but man, I don't know. I'll be tempted probably when it gets to, to home video or something.
1: Yeah, and it's like I said, my nine-year-old, he's not he's not going to get the themes of this movie at all. Uh, he just likes the action in the Spider-Man. And, and honestly, he only went to the – I was shocked. He went to the bathroom one time. Right. I was blown away. Yeah. It was at the very end. Like, it was two hours in. He's like, I finally got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, yeah. all right, go ahead, dude. Yeah. And for a two-hour and 15-minute movie, I was shocked because normally when I bring my kids in the movie, not only do I waste my money – he gets up four or five <laughs> times to go to the bathroom. Right, yeah. But he was glued to his seat during this one, man. And my daughter didn't go to the bathroom at all. She was right. locked in. Yeah. So, and
0: she loves the Gwen character. That's her favorite character. I know. So, I could see my daughter locking in on that, too. So that's why I'm like, oh, God, is it? Is there too much death? Well, <laughs> they don't, like, dwell on death here, but they really kind of, there's a lot of, you know. Yeah, there's talks the about it. And there's, stuff and yeah, the dad yep. stuff and everything else. So that could be a lot. So I'm, ah. And they did bring up how every Gwen in every universe dies. Didn't they bring that up? No, they just said that the relationship sours. But I think oh, they they go. said okay. it in that okay. way where it's like, okay, maybe they, they literally just said it doesn't work out. But we obviously know as, you know, either readers of comic books or watching these movies over and over, yeah, there's some. There's some stuff that it usually falls apart, and that's where you get your MJs or whatever uh, going forward. So, uh, great movie, though. I'm glad we're still getting uh, solid stuff in between um, us skipping things like talking about Fast X, (laughs) (laughs) which – Do you have, like, a capsule review of uh, Fast X? Because to me, it was like – this is a cartoon now, and uh, it's two and a half stars at best, and it's way too fucking long. And I, it's it's yeah. way
1: too long, and it was it was start. It's always kind of cartoony, but this one just like, and for me to say this, it lost me. Like I have, I believe more in Thor. There's a Thor, God of Thunder, than I am in a <laughs> Fast X movie. Like if you say sure. Thor's coming down to Earth, I'm like, oh. I, I would believe that more than what uh, Dominic Toretto is doing with his cars at the moment. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: it and just he's not too... even the worst part of that movie either. Like, no, the Brie the, Larson the shining... character is fucking weird. Ugh. The um, it's bad. Tyrese is awful in this movie. They uh, even it's, for how much they tried good. to give him more of a part, it, it was just ugh. the only
1: shining spot in this whole movie was Jason Momoa as the villain over the top flamboyant i like them he's flamboyant
0: over the top needed more jason statham i thought he didn't fit the like the tone of what he's doing though because like they're like this guy's the devil and then the next minute he's like ooh, like find out being like the genie from aladdin or something i was like what the fuck is going on here i know i dug him yeah i just think like if you're gonna do that be like don't you know don't uh think by the way he acts that he's not the devil like if you said it that way but they were like no this guy he's coming for you like he's the grim reaper not to get lost in the woods but hear now vin
1: diesel's upset with jason momoa now
0: Uh, of course he is that guy because all the critics
1: critics are pointing out to like he was the best part of the movie right now apparently pissed off
0: vin diesel of course of course (laughs) And meanwhile, we heard all that chatter about The Rock or whatever, and then he's in the fucking end credit scene. I'm like, what is happening here? I'm just, a, uh, I'm just lost. I don't get it. But, yeah, fuck that, man. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, so that won't be on our top five list going forward. Um, no. But, yeah, man. Uh, looking forward to a few things coming up. I do want to kind of maybe come back soon and talk uh, horror stuff because I did want to see The Boogeyman this weekend, but yeah, I only managed too. to get in uh, Spider-Verse, so I'm hoping uh, I can make time for that too because, again, uh, some of these upcoming films I can give a rat's ass. So it's just uh, yeah. uh, IP dying on the vine or you know, just stuff that doesn't look incredibly interesting. But June, or uh, uh, excuse me, July... Is definitely full of heavy hitters, so I yes. think that's a little better. We survived May, and now we're we're turning the corner. I don't know if you have anything else on the brain that you want to go off, but we obviously have TV stuff coming up. We gotta do our uh, top five so far for that, and then go over all the finales that happened recently. A lot of finales, people. A lot of finales. I know, and I've heard chatter all different ways for almost all of them. So, and I know you don't watch Succession, but I think you know. That one obviously ruled the day. I felt almost bad that that one and Barry was on the same night, uh, quite frankly, because it's two very different shows. But, you know, we'll get to that. We'll get to, like I said, uh, getting back into things like The Flash is only in a couple weeks. And so we'll be doing yet another comic book movie. So, yeah, that's amazing. We'll be right back with more of recent activity. So do us a favor, do the five-star review, do the like, subscribe. Thanks again for, for tuning in this week and come back for more recent activity.